<laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. What's going on? Hi. Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast. It's episode 180. Man, coming up on that 200 number. And uh, today we've got some very special guests. We've got Jonah Kaplan. Back at it. Good to see you all. Mm-hmm. Griffin Thorne. What's up, everybody? Otherwise known as Knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only and of course, Jordan Coleman, everybody. Hi, guys. Hello. So, um, so we're kicking it off. We've been talking about, uh, you know, different topics that have come up. And uh, one thing people have asked us about and that we wanted to chat about today is this whole uh, writers slash SAG-AFTRA strike that's going on. Now, as many of you know, um, we are not uh, union members at, at, at Corridor in terms of the company itself because we don't participate in the traditional TV and film world, um, which is the main reason. But as so we won't we won't be talking about this from like our area of expertise. We'll be talking about it from our experience and and what we see, and particularly with Jordan being uh, a member of SAG-AFTRA, kind of what her experience has been uh what she's heard from the guilds what the main you know sort of points of contention have been over and that sort of thing um but an interesting thing as these sort of worlds have begun to collide the digital and the traditional we've always been on the digital side you know as we've grown up but there's as they collide they start to blend together and i think that's kind of where this strike starts to originate uh in Jordan, we were just talking about this a little bit ago, but it seems like the the main points of contention are coming. Well, you know, first and foremost from this this area of being, hey, everything's moving to streaming, and and, and what 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 in our agreement, you know, and starting with the writers, what in our agreement with the studios has changed, given that the model for monetization of these properties that we're writing is no longer really being primarily distributed in this place. Is that, would you say that that's kind of the gist of the first argument, Jordan, or do I have it? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like this whole strike, like it started with the writer's guild, obviously. And they're basically like, man, our workload hasn't decreased at all, but um, it's actually increased. And you have these streaming platforms just like ripping off all of these writers, putting all this time and it's like, you know, crazy hours. Um, and yeah. then they they don't want to pay any more for for mm-hmm. streaming. And writers are and what dealing with, like we were talking about before, like you have inflation happening and they're basically trying to pay writers and actors the same amount that they were paying them four years ago. And that's like with any job, like even here at Corridor, you would expect something mm-hmm. to go up whether it's 25 cents whether whatever it's something you know so the fact that we're dealing with the am so atm so before we yeah before we get into some of the like reasons of you know what where we're at and what can be done about it let's just lay out at least jordan again we're not speaking about this from a position of like union representation or expertise or something you know this is again we're not directly involved but jordan just being a sag after member like what have they told what has the guild sort of presented to you 
and the other members as like, hey guys, this is why we're doing this and this is why we want to join the strike and this is why it's important for you. What have they said to you? Yeah, I mean, so basically the president of SAG, um, Fran, as many know from the nanny. The nanny, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's she, favorite nanny. Yeah, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> um, she was just, she was done. You know, they were trying to make these contracts with AMPTP and uh -huh. they were just kind of getting like, bullshitted around and finally they're like like that's been too many years of not receiving the pay that our members should be receiving considering inflation considering new advances in technology considering ai and they were they gave them multiple chances to come back with a, a contract that was just i mean reasonable we're just we're asking for reasonable things and they didn't so they're like sorry to do this it's been over 40 years since you know both unions have been under strike like this right. but so, so what, when you say that, what, what are some of the, did they give, did they get into that with you as like an individual member? Like, Hey, this is particularly what we want to do. This is like what we want to set day rates at. Did they get into that minutiae or is it all kind of yeah. top level? Yeah, no, you know, that's the cool thing about, uh, SAG is they're very upfront. You know, you have like low budget media, you have regular SAG media. If I go to do a short film, all of that have different day rates and, meal pensions and grace you know stuff right. and all of that and um what a background actor daily rate would be getting paid and so all of that is completely laid out they've been very upfront they showed the documents they showed what they presented the amptp mm -hmm. they showed what like the ampt counter offers were mm -hmm. and it's just it's absolutely so for those who don't numbers. know that's the american movie producers and movie and television producers of america yeah and one of the the biggest things that everyone was super upset about was the fact that they tried to tell SAG that for background people, if we will scan them once, they will work one day and then forever we can use their likeness and their body using AI. So essentially what would be a career in acting <clears throat> has turned into one day rate. Yeah, that was a, obviously that's the point that's gotten the most news attention now to clarify that a little bit it wasn't in perpetuity for all projects it was in perpetuity for the particular project but i think the point is still relevant if you're yeah, on it's like one day on a set of the first sh filming of star wars then now literally if if if, if you were on the first day on the first set of that production in 1977 still today, you know, with everything in every different direction that that IP has expanded, you would still be, they would still be able to use your name and likeness as part of that. And I think that's, that's the bigger point is it's like, yeah, you might not think one project is that big of a deal, but it is, and it can be. And then also not only that, but one of the ways that a lot of people start is through background work. And so, you know, you're effectively giving away your name and likeness to all these different properties makes it harder to, well, what does it make it harder to do, Jordan? I mean, it makes it harder to establish yourself and well, yeah, I mean, considering build a resume. That's, that's how I got into acting was doing heavy, heavy background work. It really would have sucked <clears> for one to not be able to go back on these sets again and network and meet people because that's how I then became a PA. And then that's how I met other people on set. And also, I mean, it's funny how they're expensive. not scanning PAs yet. They haven't gotten to that level, but <laughs> <I'm surprised. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and also like um, in the guild, in order to get healthcare, you have to make twenty six thousand dollars a year, and it's <laughs> right. like if you're not yeah. paying your actors, and the residuals aren't there because sh- streaming, then how are these people supposed to have healthcare and just make living, living wages? Yeah, so it's my understanding a lot of the like current deal that they're now in the process of renegotiating or negotiating anew, but the previous deal was still based on this very uh, traditional model of theatrical releases, especially for the writers, theatrical releases and television distribution. But as we saw with COVID, things moved yeah. You know, things you had sort of a jump in progression towards digital and streaming on demand. So there is an interesting question that comes up with that. Like it, I, I do feel like a lot of the a lot of the um things that happened during during COVID pushed people towards streaming. <clears throat> now the question is it, well, I mean do you think it's settled enough as like a medium, a, str- a streaming as a medium to really be able to like say, Hey, okay, let's, let's now make union deals based upon where this industry has settled. Cause things moved really fast over the last five years. We had, yeah. you know, you had this, everyone knew streaming was coming, but then boom, COVID happened and it, it accelerated it by like five years into the future in the course of like 18 months right now of course this is kind of what stirred on the writers strike in the first place is they they weren't getting the deals the deal that they had previously was no longer equitable under the new sort of strata of the way that things were being produced and distributed right so i mean have things settled out in reality though or are they still because that's the, what's the, all this is based on. You know, you spend all this time, yeah. you go on strike, you spend six months on strike or whatever it might be just to get a new agreement in place. If the entire economics of it changes again in six months or in six years, is it mm-hmm. going to be worth the time to do this now? I mean, considering, I feel like I don't know how to speak on like the writer's behalf. Yeah. But it seems like they're pretty fed up. <laughs> seems like <laughs> what they have been dealing with, it's just like it's not enough money to like compare right. to the demand for what they're doing and for the people. And obviously, like the shows are just not the shows without the writers. And I'm honestly like, I'm not upset about the strike. Like, I know for a fact I'm in a great union. And at the end, we're going to be, we're going to have good deals. Like I truly believe that everyone's going to come out a little happier. And I think the ultimate reason for the strike is just greed because the money is there. So greed on greed on whose part? AM. ATM PT. I can never say the letters all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You think that's, you think that's what this comes down to? I mean, it always comes down to like, do we want to give them more money or not? That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's basically what it all well, ends it's up an interesting with. question it is a, it's, it's a legitimately interesting question because like there are economics to it yeah yeah you know yeah. and 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 i think the movie we saw this coming for a while but the movie industry is undergoing and the television industry for that matter is undergoing what the music industry went through 
about 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, we saw this rapid decline of the previous economic structure upon which music was distributed, which was right. you make an album, <clears throat> you sell the album, and you go on tour. That was, that's, that was the model. Yeah. Now, that model still has a place, but it's now, you know, much more like, okay, well, you're streaming on digital platforms. You know, there's been all this disruption over like how much Spotify pays and whether that's fair and right. all that conversation. And then, um, and I feel you know, like there's a similar thing. If, if, if it's not exactly the same, it's definitely mirrored, I think. Yeah. With that. You know, it's interesting. Like, I feel like actors, we're used to not getting paid. <laughs> like, man, trying to get a role is like, it's insane. <laughs> but the writers, like, it's in, it's crazy to see people who are making, you know, a lot of money considering compared to like some other people. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, this, it's still, it's, this isn't right. They're, they're mm -hmm. cutting like their revenue source just off because mm -hmm. they feel so cheated. And, and, and how much they know that they should be making versus how much that they are. That's the part when it comes to, like, to actors versus the writers, how, how much they're losing. I mean, every day, because you're talking about writers that were signed to a show. Now, yeah. as you'd mentioned, a lot of this is coming from just the, the amount of things that are being asked to be produced, right? Like, the, I mean, we've all seen how much content is being put out on platforms like Netflix now. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, I mean, all, it, it, all of it's, it's original. Like you can't even. Yeah, the percentage of just you can't pay someone what you are getting paid four years ago as well. Uh, on top of like streaming now becoming a thing, and them not really wanting to share how much revenue is actually coming from streaming. Mm -hmm. So th there's well, that's that a whole big debacle. problem. Yeah, and, and honestly, that would make it easier. If I was in their position, I would share all that because it makes it easier to find an equitable deal. But, you know, if you don't want an equitable deal, then maybe you don't want to share it. Um, but it, it does make it easier if it's like, hey, look, this is how much we actually make from th this. Then, you know, yeah. maybe that maybe that's easier. But I, I, I don't know. Do you feel like there is enough? I mean, and Jonah Griffin, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, too. But do you guys feel like there's enough consideration being taken for like what the current and existing economics of like film and movies and TV shows are? Because the, the old mm. models, they're just not the same. I mean, you, you have your outliers, of course. You have your blockbusters. You've got your, you know, your Barbies or whatever it might be that... <laughs> that you know there's still bangers at the box office it's like you know yeah. they come in with the the big numbers and that's that's still the traditional model and that still works for those very few films but again you can't look at the industry and look at okay what are the outlier five percent projects that still fit the old model you got to look what are 95 percent of projects being done now and 95 percent of projects that are being done now are being written and produced and they're going straight to a streaming platform. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. So do those, do, the, do, do those economics support what people are actually asking for? That's yeah, what man. I'm wondering. I, 
I think, and I'm not an economist, and I'm also not working these studios, but looking at it in the way that it's happened, I do think that the growth into the streaming model from an economic standpoint, like the the like the rabbit's kind of out of the hat at this point, but like yeah. it does not sustain the traditional filmmaking business model, which is like why the writers and directors are so or writers and and actors are so upset because we had a system that worked, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it wasn't great, you know. There were flaws in it, but it's like residuals work because of television, you know. All this stuff kind of had a system, and it's you know it was all these these giants reacting to Netflix. Um, who, who, by the way, was a tech startup, right? Like that Netflix is yeah. was looked at Wall Street by Wall Street as a as a tech startup, and so they could operate on loss for a really long time. That's how it was pitched for a really long time. If you look at the numbers, they weren't ever profitable. They were operating on loss, um, right. but that's like how you make a startup. Yep. And then all these, yeah, during the pandemic and all this stuff, you get all these streamers. Uh, large studios adopting that model and well Hollywood you're supposed to make money you can't make money with this model in the first couple years Netflix is just starting to do it right but suddenly we're all of Hollywood got flipped into this tech bro startup model and the market stopped liking it also well yeah Um, it was I mean it it was going to happen and yeah. I think everyone knew it was going to happen. I mean, Disney was working on Disney Plus for like five years before they actually rolled it out. And then they rolled yeah. it out in 2017. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. So it, it was around before the pandemic, but mm-hmm. obviously that accelerated things. The. <clears throat> the thing, the thing that I. Is is always interesting, and the thing that's the most difficult to figure out anytime you have one of these strikes is I feel like most of the time it's based on a change of economics, mm-hmm. and people are used to getting paid a certain amount. They're used to things working in a certain way, and then the economics change, and I, I would be honestly curious whether or not the producers could give a better deal based on the new economics, because everybody knows streaming is not as profitable as yeah. paying is asking people to pay you eighteen dollars and fifty cents at the door of a mo- of a movie theater. Right now, movie or, theaters or come the residuals own. you get from syndicated television. Yeah, that or that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I do. Um, I do think that what you're getting at is is super valid. Like everyone keeps saying that, like, oh, there's deep pockets. Like Bob Iger gets paid X, Y, and Z. It's like, dude, we're talking about an industry, right? And they're already hemorrhaging money. Yeah, Bob Iger could probably take a pay cut. Great, but like, we're talking about like the not just like one year or one show. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of shows and years and years and years. It's like. How are we going to make a system that works? And I think mm-hmm. all the studios are already scared because it's not it's, working. So yeah, like, why I mean, would just they so negotiate? People, so people understand more more context of what's really like the, the the historical moment that we're currently in. I mean, this is similar to like in terms of en- the entertainment industry. This is like when World War One happened. This is like 
this is the end of feudalism. Like feudalism <laughs> existed for 1500 years and then World War One happened and then World War Two had to happen to like fully clean things out. But that's, you look at the entertainment industry, films and movie, theatrical movie distribution has been around for 120, 130 years in some places. And the model has not changed that much when you look at it as at its core it's like the combustion engine it's like you were still the core model at least like you know tv is a little bit different but the core model of film was you make the thing you put it behind a paywall people pay you money to get into the room to see it and then you move on to the next town now it got a lot more complex and it grew and it expanded but the core model has been exactly the same now the core model is okay we, it's the same idea you put it behind a paywall people have to pay to see it but the scale it's like way the scale is way different than it ever was before yeah it's like it's like sneaking into an amc with one ticket and watching everything in the theater <laughs> yeah exactly yeah for a yeah. month for, for a, a month, month. yeah, yeah. Just hiding and, in and, the fucking and, and, and like I mean, I mean, think about that. People like you look at the core economics of it. It was no question to pay fifteen, seventeen, even twenty dollars to get into a movie theater. Would you? Pay, do you even pay that for like your favorite streaming platform? What's your favorite streaming platform? You know, Netflix, do you pay, do you pay? Do you pay $20 a month to get that streaming it's platform? At, it's at 18. And when they find out that my parents are also on it, I think they're going to charge me an extra. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to double it or whatever. They're going to charge you an extra five at least. But that, Netflix is definitely the highest, but they have like the most, they have a lot of deals out there. When you talk about like Adam Sandler. So that's, that's my, that's my, like, that's the main point that I want to try to like contextualize here. I, I don't know the minutia of uh, you know exactly what they're fighting about, but if you just look at the numbers, people used to pay, let's call it 17 bucks to go to a film. Now you're lucky if you can get somebody to pay that for one month to have access to your entire platform. Everything on it. How can the economics match up under those circumstances? How can you say, you know what, writers, you're right. We'll pay you, we'll pay you what you need. We'll pay you what yeah. you pay you more. It's like, show I, us I the numbers. Exactly. Well, that's we what they should do. Know. We can all but, be on the same page and help each other. Exactly. Hmm. Maybe this, we produce this, less this, content. This is where you start, this is where you start to get into the question of like, well, if they are withholding the, that type of information, then yeah. why, you know? Yeah. What what exactly do they not want people to see? And that that that's, I think that's a great point, Jordan. Like, why wouldn't they just say that if they couldn't afford it? Why wouldn't they just say it? Yeah, yeah. There's all these like little other things like dealing with like SAG stuff that they want to be better. Like, there's, I don't know. I know you guys don't really see my day to day life, but sometimes like I'll get an audition, and then it'll be like a six page audition, and they want it due in like a day and a half yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or that, and it's like oh well because well inflation and rent is so high like i have a job i have multiple jobs i bet okay cool let me push out this audition and then they're like it'll be 8 p.m i'm like oh tomorrow at 2 p.m you have an in-person 
audition. It's like, what, like, how are you guys expecting us? And so that's another thing in the agreement is not forcing actors, especially for like low budget media to have to memorize yeah. five to 10 pages of content to turn around for you just to pay us like a day rate of $200 when we do get on set. It's like, mm -hmm. you get this, it's just, a, they're wanting a lot out of yeah. people and then not paying them. Well, so, I mean, anybody who's ever gone to Hollywood and done anything, the first thing that you see, and this is more for people who haven't seen this, but the first thing you see is how impossible it is to be an actor or actress. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's almost impossible because that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to memorize six pages of something the next day and show up at 2 PM across town. Yep. It takes you an hour and a half to get there and an hour 45 to get back because you hit rush hour, which kind of only slows down momentarily between noon and two and then picks up again. So four hours of your day to go to an audition to try to get a part that's going to pay you, you know, a couple hundred yeah. bucks if you're lucky. So it's it, like it, you have everyone it, that's a bartender or server maybe, but everything's so sporadic. Find a job that's not going to be like just fire you because of the last minute, all of these last minute things that they're just right. requesting, requesting, requesting. Right. Just to, just to not book you, by the way. Yes. <laughs> it, it's kind of the background <laughs> actor conversation too, man, where it's like, you get in those rooms with those auditions um, and you get to meet casting agents and you get yeah. to get, get yes. notes back from people. Right. And it's like with the model of doing um, this, the digital submissions, it's like, you know, you just have your laptop. You're just yeah. staring yourself in the mirror. Not only that, if you really look at it too, it's economically trapping people because the quality of your audition is now dependent on the quality of your microphone and yeah. your internet connection yeah. and your webcam and it's like well, you can yeah. say I mean, oh performance is performance but it's like yeah but right though. there's like all these barriers mm -hmm. separating you from the business now yeah. and it's just like why even be in hollywood if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna be in you know because we your love apartment. it <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally in a class to be able to audition like learn how to audition and captivate yeah. a casting director producer on camera like there's this whole technique and because you're no you're, you're no longer going into a room anymore you're no longer meeting people and i used to book a lot like I was in commercials before I started working here at Cordar and I would I would book constantly because they feel your presence and it's just a whole different um, type of thing. But now it's like you have these casting directors sending out auditions to like 300 people and they're literally just clicking through mm -hmm. people. They're not even watching what you just spent three days like working on. <clears throat> so can any of this be avoided truly? Because, you know, what what drives this? Ultimately, what drives this is Consu the consumer yeah. like of course if you give the consumer an option to pay $17.50 to get access to the entire Netflix library for a month or to pay $17.50 to see one thing one time that's on Netflix of course they're going to pick the thing that has more value this is how we got Amazon this is this is how we got here so if 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 that is driving down the value of what the industry can take in in terms of a gross level of money what what do you do what do you do what do you do, what do, griffin? You do griffin what do we well, do griffin i mean i'm no expert i'm not a union actor um you're wait you're not but, a union actor you're a union <laughs> sarcastic 
I'm a I'm a union knife guy. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the props. But, I mean, we just just as as an average ordinary guy type dude. Mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of glossed over the whole like Bob Iger makes X amount of money, and it's mm. it's awfully hard to not look at you know all all of the things that go into the situation and into you know revenue streams and economics, and say, well, these shareholders and these executives still are able to bring in triple digit million dollar salaries, and there isn't money for um, cost of living. Raises sure, but it, like, I think the point that Jonah was making, and I think I was making it too, is just simply even if you got rid of those things, it wouldn't. Which you get rid of it, fine. Like I, I again, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to sit here and defend a CEO who gets yeah, paid no, three I'm, times, uh, yeah, three hundred times their their lowest paid employee. Like I, I'm not. I think there's there's a reasonable level at which, you know, the the head of an organization should be paid with respect to their lowest paid person. Uh, that makes sense. But I'm not going to defend that. I'm just saying, like, doing that doesn't change the economics of the industry. Yeah. It it, it may, like, alleviate some of the pressure points and say, hey, you know, you guys are getting paid too much. You can tone it down. You don't need to give a nine cent per share dividend or whatever it might be every quarter. You don't need to do all that. You can take the money, you can put it back into the industry, you can put it back into production, you can put it back into the pockets of the people that are actually making the stuff for you, which, by the way, is the same gripe that I have about digital media platforms. They pay us pennies on the dollar to make, basically for them, free content, which is another just absolutely insane thing when you think about like all the minutes that get put onto YouTube every day. YouTube is not... like. They're not buying it. Yeah. They're saying, they're saying, hey, we'll pay you if you uh, make it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll pay you. Yeah. <laughs> over, well, they're counting it over here. You know, what do they need? Yeah, yeah, here you go. Yeah. But anyways, that's another, another we'll get into that on another day. Um, but anyway, I don't think it changes the economics. And that's, I think, the, the, the real son of a bitch of it is like, I don't think we're in a place economically where we, we where the industry is the same as it was yeah. prior to this sort of digital era. And that's I think what this whole conversation is about, trying to figure that out. I I had this really dark thought the other day when I was talking to a buddy of mine about this, where like which streaming services are doing all right. And I don't ha- obviously we don't have the figures, but it's like you look at like a company like Apple that has really some really good original content and it's like if you look at the way that they're doing it or like amazon that is only part of what they're doing right you have amazon which is like amazon and it does music and web hosting and it does deliveries and then you have apple who's does user devices wait i thought amazon sold online books and books for that matter and that's that's how like, they started by the way a lot yeah, of people don't out know of that. someone's uh you know out of someone's garage but like i think yeah. the darkest future man of this and who knows maybe we'll look back in this in five years and i'll be really sad because i was right i i almost think w- we might lose some of the majors and they'll kind of collapse into like older style hollywood into like one or two and we're probably going to have like a lot more streamers that are not predominantly streamers like it'll be like 
Walmart and like they they're Walmart and then they have like Walmart streaming and there's mm -hmm. like all the biggest kind of like corporations it's like monopoly are going to use the fact that they have a diversity of of oh, income. that's really that's really a gross dystopia you're right though but dude it's like it's what yeah. apple's doing right now it's what amazon's right. doing right now and they're doing okay and it's <gasps> like that is the darkest future here is that we lose old lose the a lot of what old hollywood is and we turn into a streaming model that only works because it is a, part of a larger company that does not need its profits to be fulfilled by only a cinematic audience right now, i don't and then want they, that they to just, happen they just get really narrow with their i mean you you could easily extrapolate the current industry to this very quickly i mean there's there's certain houses like blumhouse that only do a certain type of film because they know that's the thing that works for them so then you'll get yeah. like walmart streaming and you know whatever it might be that do, pepsi streaming yeah yeah it's like oh are you what what kind of theme is that is that like a coming of age story oh were you gonna license that to pepsi yeah you know it, yeah and then it, blumhouse is gonna get work you know these small shops like i think the all these smaller companies are actually still gonna exist and they're just they're not gonna be licensing to traditionals anymore it's probably gonna turn i don't I want mean, this the, to be true i i feel like it we're we might already be there if not well on the way because i mean if you even look at like how many um studios how many networks how many what have you are owned by Viacom alone? Yeah. Or you know, looking at the the recent notorious HBO Discover Discovery merger, and even if you look at other industries, and just as well, yeah, I mean the whole the of the whole of television is yeah. what five companies. Yeah, and you, I mean, look at food production, global food production. There's like <sighs> six conglomerates that make every product. I mean, so there there so are four there are four companies in the united not to go on too much of a tangent here about meat packing but <laughs> just 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 to just to back up your point there are four companies uh tyson smithfield uh one and two two others uh that do 80 percent of all meat packaging in this country 80 yeah. percent yeah. four companies and that's why it's very, very difficult to make a living as a as a small farmer, because you can't take your product to a meatpacking plant that will support your scale. Because what they've done is they've continued to make more regulation to sort of push out people who cannot do it at that scale. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take, like, in order, if you're going to process meat and sell it to somebody else, you have to, like, take it to a FDA-approved facility. And the only ones that'll take you are, like, the few mom and pops that are still around. And all the other ones have gone just to, hey, we just take care of the big boys. They bring in their hundred head every week, and we just boom, 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 and it's big business for us, and it works for them. But we don't, we can't, we literally cannot accommodate anybody else because of our model. And I think that's, yeah, that's kind of, we're seeing that happening in a lot of different places, Griffin. Yeah. So Jonah, I think, uh, you know, it's already here. Let the, let the dark thoughts win. Dude. <laughs> let the wow. Dark that's, thoughts win. that's very depressing. I, want, I just really wanted someone to tell me I was being crazy. I, I was like looking around the room, like, yeah, tell me I'm wrong guys. I mean, and I don't know Things keep changing well, so fast. I don't know. <clears throat> I would like to go back to cable television personally. That's the thing is I wouldn't actually. 
I don't know. Yeah, that's like the, would the you like out, to go man. back no, to a I, model where like you have to see a movie in a theater? I already I don't know. Mm. I do that. I like I buy the AMC pass and I go like one to two times a week. But that's but also that's dude, me. that's also trying to be competitive for streaming that only yeah. exists because they're afraid of No, I also say I want to go back to cable because I would benefit as an actress in the guild. That's why. Because I, I love I love being able to just buy a movie on YouTube or on Amazon and just watch it. It's like the stupidest, easiest thing in the world. And this is my consumer side speaking. Well, what, but, what is the with cable that with the cable package? You can also do that with movies within. It's a paper, not pay per view, but on demand. Right. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. like all with on cable as well? So yeah. it's like, I feel like you can watch whatever you want. Like, well, what do you, you mean can... by cable? Well, I don't know. Every time I'm at a family's house, I yeah. don't have cable. <laughs> I don't think any of us in here. I don't know. But when you are scrolling through channels, there's like the on demand channels that you can like pause. You can like record. You can like get movies. Oh, that yeah. Actually yeah. Start that's at like that's like a certain subsection of your overall package, though, that you would purchase from, say, direct TV. Yeah. Or your cable provider. Not a bad model. Like, no, but again, meant to be competitive with video on demand. Yeah. And the video on demand model is just so easy for consumers. I know. It's like if if you know that you can watch this is here's a little here's a little dark secret about me. Okay, I've been watching through the Fast and Furious franchise nice. since we did since we did that uh, Fast and Furious whatever that crew video. And uh, one thing I do is it's like, oh, I got an hour and a half. Okay, go to the next one. It's $3.79 to watch it in 4K. I punch in my little password and boom. Literally 30 seconds later, I paid $3.79. I'm watching this movie for the next hour and a half. It's a rental. Obviously, you don't own it, but you don't own it anyway when you buy it on the platform. And then... That I mean, that's that's just like that's what everyone does with the model, you know. That's how every like to have it that convenient and accessible. Yeah, you're still paying for it, so I just, yeah, yeah. It's it's a question of if we want to keep it like this, if we want it to feel like this and not go into a dark dystopian Pepsi future. I think we need to be cool. <laughs> Sorry to call them out. Never gonna get a job at Pepsi now. Damn, oh, no. you're done. Um, you're, you're you'll never work in this town. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, we either need to be okay with less content, right? Yeah. Um, or more advertising. Well, that's like, an that's interesting. Really, point. the two mm. the two things that are make. If there's more advertising, yeah. then they can uh, they yeah. can sell more ads. They can make more money. Ugh, and if there's no less content, they can pay everyone more fairly. Go ahead, Griffin. I, Hulu, I'm sorry, Hulu. This is not a, um, a personal attack, but I have the base free Hulu subscription, oh. and they've started putting ads when you pause yep. your video. Like yep. you'll hit pause, and it'll just be like new from Pepsi. Friggin Pepsi. Pepsi's taking up that sounds awful. This episode. And oh, it's honestly, so bad. Just, just give me, give me less stuff. Yeah. Give if I had to choose, stuff. there's, there's too much stuff to watch. I, I, I can't watch even a quarter of it if I tried to watch all of it. Yeah. We don't need. Jonah, I think. More. Yeah. I think you're making a, a great point there, which is absolutely. You, you, everybody agrees 
you don't watch everything that's on Netflix. You don't watch everything that's on Amazon. You don't buy everything that's in Walmart when you go into Walmart. Like you have your particulars. Now, this is where I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very hesitant to say like, Hey, the government should come in with antitrust and like break some of this up. Cause I, I know how bad they are at their job. And I, I, it <laughs> makes me very hesitant to say that. But if there was one thing where, you know, something might serve the consumer, it would be, Hey, maybe not everything is on Amazon in the exact same place. And I, and I don't just mean that in terms of movies. I mean that in terms of like that company is just too goddamn big. Like it, yeah. it, it, it is, let's be like, it's take you're, they're killing every mom and pop. They're killing every manufacturing. They're killing every, they're doing this to the entertainment industry as well. They're driving down the cost of what they can generate. So that drives down the cost of what can be paid, which puts the writers and the actors on strike. Yeah. It's like the whole thing is part of this. And, and again, this is just one like sliver of the overall thing that's been happening for the last you know, 40, 50 years, which is this sort of trend toward globalization. And we're seeing, and everyone's like, oh, well, globalization's good. It makes things cheaper. It makes things more available. But also you're seeing the other side of it now, which is when it goes too far, it turns everything into a terrible, horrible dystopian future where Pepsi is now serving you rom-coms. <laughs> so you're essentially pitching that the solution is to tell these larger corporations that are to basically do like, yeah, an antitrust thing. And it's not, it's mm. not on like discovery or like, uh, I, like, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily like a, a, a government solution that you can just, again, everyone likes to go, well, if we just got in there and took one big swing, I think it's like, <laughs> you know, like the bludgeoning, you know, tool it's, it's, it's more, it's more about if, if people would be willing to pay more for less, but the less is more valuable to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. And I think we do see that with the corridor digital platform. That is a tiny, I think silver lining, at least in my life that I've seen where people pay us three ninety nine, And yeah, is it like relative to what you get for Disney plus is, is the three ninety nine? like the same cost per what you purchase? No, no, it's not. You're paying more per minute and you're paying more for it, but you're paying for what you want and we're giving it directly to you. And the cycle goes around and round and round. And that has more value to the person than it does to say, Hey, pay four times that and get access to everything that's on Netflix. Cause you, that you, that doesn't give you anything in here, you know. It's like you're not getting that value from that purchase. You're getting like the bounty of one penny goods that you know they're trying to stuff as many one penny widgets as they can inside the box, and then just be like, "Here, just take this, and leave us alone." <laughs> it's super random, but there's this commercial I keep hearing. It's, it's an it's an app. I got a they want you to pay for the app and that app will help you keep track of all of the apps that you have <laughs> that you're paying subscriptions for. Oh, dude, for. I love that ad so much. And I'm like, oh you want me to, to do what? It's like, it's like an app. It's those <laughs> rocket ads. money. Yeah, it's those ads that are Freaking like, do you spend too much money, time on your phone? 
here's this app to help you spend la- less yeah. time on your phone. And I'm like, apps hey, that you aren't using. Well, don't well how do you get rid app. of your subscriptions? So this is, I'm like, this is, yeah, dude, that's. I, I, I think people That's where we are. are finally realizing this though. Like we we've I think literally after COVID, I do think that I do think that there is hope for the future because I think people mm-hmm. turned a corner with respect to some of this shit. Some of these stupid games where it's like get the app to use less apps. It's like <laughs> but no, but seriously, like before oh, yeah. but, but like t- eight years ago, ten years ago, that would have been that would have been, I don't know. People wouldn't have thought twice about it. They would have. Do you have? Do you have Apple? You know, and they'd like take <laughs> yeah. the vowels out of it, and then like put the cross logo, and you know, make it some sans serif font with like some pastel color, and you're just like with a white background. You just like shoot me, you know. I don't need another one of these. Yeah. And 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 this is exactly the way that rock and roll finally died because people saw in in the 1980s on 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 Sunset Strip. How it got it went from Van Halen and Guns N' Roses to just everybody repeating the exact same fucking thing to make it to make money, basically. And all the art of it and all the artistry and all the things that came from it that people loved about it were a carcass of what they were. And I think that mm-hmm. there is a little bit of that happening now, finally, where people are realizing, hey, you can't get everything from a streaming service can't get everything from a phone yeah and like what you really want to pay for is it it, like if i could sell you a hundred of your favorite of your favorite movies and shows for like 15 bucks you would buy it because those are all your favorite things in one place you'd pay more for it because it has more value and again it comes down to this value versus quantity thing and i think that's the ultimate like decision that people make on the consumption level that affects you know things like what's happening with the writers and and, and actors strike you know what the one cool thing about the streaming platform though for actors especially is like well okay so if like writers now you're able to kind of get a little more creative and you can have a show that's like Eh, we don't know about it, but there's such low risk of putting it onto whoever's streaming platform. And yeah. so now you get someone that got to put put it show. on Tubi and see what happens. Yeah. And it's like, boom, okay, cool. A creator just got to put out something. And then yeah. like there's up and coming actors and actresses that now get to shitty rate, but work because mm-hmm. okay, they didn't get onto the big blockbuster film, but now they get to do that. So it's like that is the one like counter argument I would have with streaming mm-hmm. is the I mean limited <laughs> unlimited possibilities of being able to, to to put stuff on there. And it's just like no one's gonna unsubscribe from Netflix because a shitty show got put on there. You know? No. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like you're saying Jordan. You might this unsubscribe a, yeah. if a thousand of them get put on there though. Because honestly yeah. it clogs up your experience. But but what if you have a small amount of shows, right? You're saying quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, if you have this impression, you're like, this is the perfect streaming service. It's been built for me and there's not too much stuff, but like everything is a banger. Then the percentage, if something you disagree with is put on it, mm-hmm. the percentage of how much you care and how much that affects you is a lot higher. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so this is where AI comes in. And I want to bring this up anyway because it leads into part of the writer's strike arguments, but this is also where AI comes into this. 
Oh, I'll go on. I'll go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, Griffin, uh, you were about to say something. Griffin yeah, was Griffin, about you were about to say something, about to say something yeah. so I didn't want to. Um, the in regards to like the low risk things being put on streaming, I think a potentially strong argument for the like more curated, higher value approach to you know media is if you look at the BBC and what they had done with their cable programming mm. for years was they would take similar risks on interesting new television shows by giving them like a two or four episode season. Mm -hmm. They would, you know, they would in just invest less time into, or, or they would give it less time. And then you didn't have like, you know, you open up a streaming service and there's 40 bajillion ugly derivative adult animated shows or mm -hmm. um, reality shows or forgettable crime dramas yes, and, right you know yeah it. that would be really interesting to see it's something we talk about you know and it's a little pulling the curtain back on what we're doing at corridor but it's we've talked about this jake like yeah. we like the idea that what we want to do with the website is something where it's not yeah it's not like seasons of television but it's like quality ideas and we get to test those out um and you know i think that business model is smart and you get some really inventive ideas that way. But mm -hmm. we're going to be um, doing that this fall with you, Jonah. Yeah, that's the idea. And so, yeah. yeah, what you're saying is really excited to me, exciting to me. Cause it's like, if we can take the BBC model and attempt that on, on a, on a small streaming service that people just care to be there. Yeah. Um, I think that is a viable way forward. I do just get concerned that like with what you're saying, Jake too. And you know, this smaller, smaller, streamers with everything you want so that so imagine that happens right and then you have like uh, you know 80 to 100 or maybe thousands of these small little ones like like corridor digital right mm. you know and you're like wow finally we did it they're all in control of themselves and they're self-sufficient and then some motherfucker <laughs> is gonna come in and be like wait a minute what if we just bought them all what well, if yeah. you had an app? What if you yes. had an app where you could watch all of these and then it's going to fucking circle back and it's going to be cable? I just don't see a war. Like, it's just. It's but that's so how that's how this whole system works, though. And yeah. it, it's it's like it. it, it but when the see that when the big boys buy too many of those little boys, eventually they're they get so. Crusted up with you know, the model having to work in the most precise way, because again, all they care about is how much money they can extract out of it. Mm -hmm. And so, because like, again, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand quite fully the corporate chain mentality. I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of a, what's the right word? Like, I don't know if psychopath is the right word. But like, you got to be a little crazy, like a, just a little bit to be like, you know what? All these things will be mine. You know, it's like, yeah. hmm, I don't trust. Yeah. I don't know if I quite trust this person. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I see why it, it gets done because it's like, well, we, you know, the other argument, the more humane argument is, well, we have a good business model and these people were trying to do the same thing that we were trying to do. We just did it a little bit better. So we bought them and turned them into us. You know, that's more like the Genghis Khan model where it's like you become my general, <laughs> sir, once I take you over. 
Um, but anyways, yeah, I digress. <laughs> That's I, I love that example. I love Genghis Khan as an example of a not crazy dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he absolutely was. But the, but my yeah, point, the point is like classic the point crazy guy. For sure. <laughs> he wouldn't just kill his enemies outright. He mm -hmm. would he would say this is what we're doing and this is why you should come and follow me and why my model is better and why you will be better under my model. <laughs> but he was still cra I mean he's what he's like the you know the ancient ancestor of like half of the world but other than no, the, that, the, you know, the, the point the point is very good. It absolutely. Now I'm just imagining like Genghis like laying out the the, the compensation package. <laughs> and if you don't like it, I'll cut your head off. Yeah. When you steal stick your around horse. five years, yeah. stock option. <laughs> oh man, it'll give you an extra horse. Yeah, if you stick around that fifth year, you get an extra horse. But yeah, so man, I, I mean, we're at an interesting it. time. Um, I do think we haven't really touched the surface of like the whole AI concerns, you know? Um, I do feel like a lot of those are blowing a little out of proportion. I mean, obviously there was the one with the Screen Actors Guild about being able to scan you and then have you be a part of that production forever. There was also some concern about the use of AI with respect to the Writers Guild where they were saying, hey guys, they're going to have AI come up with drafts and then have writers basically punch up and refine those drafts as it were I, to me that use is a lot more viable than obviously the let's scan your body and own you forever thing mm. um because you would think that it would lead to more uh stories being told but again one thing Nico and I were talking about with respect to these strikes is when you look at it only from the lens that there's so many distribution outlets, then the idea of using AI to help write more stories to pay less writers on a particular project become, sounds like a bad thing when you only have a limited number of outlets. And so this is, again, Jonah, going back to what you were saying, which is like, well, maybe there's going to be more outlets in the future. I don't know, but... God, make it stop. I know. I just... I hope I'm not spilling the tea here to the studios, but, like, they know, like, Unreal Engine exists with metahumans. Like, they don't need to scan anyone. Like... They, I mean, they know, they, right? <laughs> like, that's what I'm... Sorry, and I, I just got really fixated <laughs> on that one point, man. But it's like when they've been talking about the scanning thing, I just keep thinking over and over again. I'm yeah. like, but then why? think about it. But then that Why? goes into how now VFX artists want to like become unionized because it's yeah. like producers they still don't know how to work Unreal. Like that'd be yeah. like me being like, well, I can just go make a metahuman. I can't make shit in Unreal. I don't know how to work Unreal. So they would still have to pay yeah. people. Rather, it would be way cheaper to scan someone and then use their likeness for forever yeah, rather if, than it, pay yeah. someone to do Unreal every day. If we talk about AI, then we're talking about the VFX industry, which is like three podcasts of what's going on right crazy. now. Yeah. Because we should probably you know, got, we yeah. should probably peg that onto another one and pick up this yeah. conversation. But it, it is interesting to see. I think overall the point is we're at a crossroads. I think we all know how we got here, but I don't know if we all know where it's going to go. And we're certainly here because of a lot of the advancements of digital, a lot of the advancements of AI, if you can even call it that. I really hate to use that word because it is just machine learning 
computer programs. It's there's nothing advanced and sentient about it. It makes it sound like it's sentient, which I don't really like, but um yeah. very good marketing. We'll from see. Yeah. Cuz there is a there is a picture that surfaced of me on the internet um of on Rebel Moon. It was a leaked photo. Okay. And I don't remember I don't remember taking the photo. Now what I do remember is being scanned okay. for hours That's with like hundreds of cameras. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, I am in that outfit and, and everything, but I I'm I'm in a very, very, very small part of the movie, but I'm I am very interested just to see like, am I gonna see myself in multiple parts of this movie that would have been giving me more money? Like that would have yeah. been another day rate, another Mm -hmm. Say if I didn't have like a full time job, like if I was a working actor, and I'm like, oh well, guess who didn't make the twenty six thousand to get healthcare? But guess who could have if they actually paid me every day? It's very interesting when you when you think about it like that, like how many days you would be missing if it yeah. wasn't for some of these technological advancements. I think that's yeah. what people. I think we're trying to set like a precedent or like so like sometimes the AI is getting blown out of control, but it's like, but how far will it keep going? And like, well, yeah, some people will benefit, some people won't. And when you think of like, when you move to Hollywood, like what, it, how much money you could have made versus like a year now because of advancements. Well, this is how much you're going to make now. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bummer because these tools are being turned into the villain when it's really the people abusing them that I feel like are, are the villain. Yeah. It's like, it sucks, man, because the guy or girl or whoever who took your model and made a photo with it like i don't think they're a bad person like right. they're trying to they've been hired by someone and they're trying to make a living and so they're saying well i can do this and it'll get me money because i am an art a working artist yeah. working for a large studio and it's like you know I, the last thing i want people to do in this moment when we're talking about ai is to like like it, it the concepts of like ownership and the way that we uh, attribute our influences and all these things. And this is on top of mind because I'm writing this video with Nico. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, those things are like tool agnostic. And we need to, uh, like pointing the fingers at someone who is interested in like learning a tool mm -hmm. is like, yeah, someone can use it to take your likeness and steal a day from you. But it's like, let's not yell at the person who's interested in learning we can yell at the person who's taking work away from people right but yeah. those are not the same person yeah um and the in the same tool that corridor will use to like tell a story like a corporation will abuse right is it our responsibility not to or is it our responsibility to keep those people accountable in the same right. way yeah. and so this this is a perfect button here jonah you just laid it out perfectly because how do you keep them accountable and this is the, re here's, you, you ready for the shocker and the worst part about it? It's how you spend your money. That's how you keep them accountable. That's yeah. the only way. Because the only thing corporates care about is money. It's the only thing they care about. That's their entire organization. It goes from, hey, we got a good product and we got a good culture and we're going to give something to the people. I mean, we saw this happen with Black Rifle Coffee. No, again, no, no, no shame against those guys. I love those guys. But what happened when they went IPO is they became about the, sh the price of the share, not about the coffee. And it's, you know, there's an argument to be made on both sides.
but like very strongly I saw with the actions of the board and like the way that the culture went, like it, it became stopped being about the thing that they were doing. And it became about the money yeah. and you know, it's, they're still, I still drink their coffee. I still like those guys, like, I, you know, and all that good stuff, but like there was that shift and, and that's true for every core, every corporation that's public, especially if it's public, that's true. And so the only way you hold them accountable is, is how do you spend your money? Do you buy from them or not? And it's hard sometimes because you want access to that Netflix library for $7.79 with ads or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the world we're in. What if like your cousin has an account though? And so like you kind of <laughs> use his, but like, you don't really have to pay. Like where's the line? Do well, I have to hey, cancel they his once, for they him? Once tweet, they once tweeted before their whole share price debacle which basically like what what it like cut the price the val the market value of their company by a th into one third of what it was when the, you know remember they had a share price of like 720 dollars and then it dropped yeah. to 200 well they had once tweeted before that whole debacle that sharing your password was love so yeah you know that's what they wanted mm. there you go yeah. well all right. You know, there is a streaming service you can go to that isn't screwing you, and it's quarterdigital.com. Hey, uh, built on Maddie AWS, Bush. by the way. Thank built you. Built on AWS, so kind of <laughs> sponsored by Amazon, but um, we're doing our best. Listen, uh, they have a great, look, again, they got a great service. It doesn't go down, and it had a great price. We're, we're not, you know, we're not that much different, but we are still the little guy. So if you support us over there on Quarter Digital, we appreciate it. And uh, Jordan, good luck with the strike. I hope you get your walking boots on and get out there and get what you need. Yeah. I'm actually about to head to acting class right now. What a better time than to refine your skills than when you can't work anyways. It's, it's like, <laughs> take, take, the, take the time, just get better. And just hope one day you get to show the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you All right, for uh, sharing your experiences and uh, your insights into this topic. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Very helpful. All righty. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have Bye, a great guys. day.